Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew and I'm the lead pastor. We are so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching and listening from. If this is your very first time joining us, hey, head to RadiantChurchSD.com and click I'm new. If you fill out the short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. We are in the middle of a series of talks right now rooted in the book of James. And just to recap, in case you're watching or listening for the first time, James is writing to a church which can't meet together. There's an intense persecution happening in the region of, of Judea at the time, and he's actually writing to Jewish Christians who are scattered all over the place, and he's writing with the intent on helping them live out their faith. Now, I want you to think of James as a blueprint of sorts, a blueprint for making faith work. Now, what we've done, we've taken chunks of each chapter and you know, kind of broken them down each week. Now, we're not able to break down every verse. I can assure you, though, that at some point, we will come back to James down the road, and we'll take a look at the past passages that we didn't quite get to uh, this time around. But in James chapter 1, you know, we learned this. We learned that we, we, we have to handle troubles and temptations uh, a little bit differently. Troubles are situations which happen to us, but temptations, well, those happen within us. And so God is going to develop us in our trouble, but the enemy is going to try to destroy us with temptation. However, when temptation strikes, you can become aware of the areas of your life where you really need to give God the most attention and access to. So temptation can actually be a catalyst for growth. When we get to James chapter 2, we see a lot about prejudice, and we spent a great deal of time talking about the four ways you can reject prejudice in your life. So prejudice is not new to James' uh, era, and in his own writing attests to that, right? There's a scenario that plays out that almost certainly happened in his church, and that was like, you know, 20 or 30 years after Jesus died in a row. So it's not new, but we can reject prejudice if we first take a look at our own lives to make sure that we're not passing judgment on someone when we have issues of our own to deal with, and then we need to value and accept, forgive, and get close to people. Now, as we get into James chapter 3 today, we get right into what I think is the most difficult lesson, maybe not for James's readers, but definitely, I think, for us today to accept. He's going to talk about the power of our words. How many of you know, you know, words can be really powerful, right? We don't need a physical weapon to inflict lifelong damage to someone else's life. Like, our own words can do that just fine. Uh, they also, you know, they can bring life to people and change the course of their direction. We're going to break down over the next several minutes just how important and how powerful and even how destructive our own words can be. So James chapter 3, verse number 1, let's start there. Dear brothers and sisters, he says, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, that's what we're going to talk about here today, okay? We would be perfect and we could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, I want to stop for a moment so you can see right in the beginning, James is going to draw attention to the power of our words. He's establishing right away that we cannot control what we say on our own. If we could do that, we'd be perfect, right? I find it really interesting, though. We live in a world and a culture that encourages us to let all of our opinions be heard loud and clear. You know, 
we're encouraged to talk before we think and just let everything loose and say it like it is, man, you know? And, you know, if we, we see it on social media all the time, but our words matter a lot to God. They matter a lot. I want to show you three truths that James gives us about our words and how powerful they are right here in this chapter. So the first one is that my words determine my direction. Look at verses number three. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder. We can make a huge ship turn whoever the pilot, wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are very strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. You ever notice that we tend to become, you know, what the, what the most influential people in our lives will say that we become, you know? That's why parents, man, what you say to your kids, it's so important. That's why how you and your spouse talk to each other really matters, you know? Because we tend to become what the most influential people speak over our lives. And that's because the words you receive and what you're saying about yourself too, all right? They shape the course of your life. There's a lot of teachers that I've had over the years, and I can remember most of them by name, but, you know, I can't remember the impact all of them had. In fact, there's only a very select few you that I can actually like remember very vividly the impact they had on my life. Now, one of those teachers was my third grade teacher, a teacher by the name of Miss D'Amico. She was from Jersey. She had that real tough, you know, strong Jersey accent, right? And uh, that tough love kind of persona. But the, she noticed that I had a, a knack for writing at an early age, and she encouraged me to read and write all the time. I still, to this day, I can remember a couple of things she'd say to me, right? She'd say, hey, Andrew, you're be a great writer one day. Just read as many books as you can so you can grow and learn. You're going to be a great writer one day, Andrew, man. You're going to be a great one. Now, I'm not an author, but I've written a lot of articles for publications. I've written speeches. I've written sermon series that other churches and pastors have used on their own teachings. And honestly, I give all the credit to God, right? But I also give her some credit as well because she just kept pushing me in that direction with her words of encouragement. Your words can also have negative effects, though. So Proverbs 2020 tells us this, that if you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. Hey, what's the light here? Well, it's God's light. God's light is going to be snuffed out in your life. Hey, listen to me right now, all you students who are watching and listening. Listen, what you say to your parents about your parents really matters deeply to God. So, you know, we might say, well, my parents are not very great people, or they don't know God, or, you know, it's just, you just don't know what I went through last week with them, right? But it does matter to God. Respect your parents. Speak well of your parents, man. Honor and respect your mom and your dad. Because even those words matter. Don't say things like they are. Make sure you're positive and you don't have negative things to say to God. He will honor that. And you know what he'll also do? Man, he'll honor you too. One more example I want to give you about the power of words in our direction. Uh, if you go in the, the beginning of the Bible in the Old Testament from Exodus to Deuteronomy, that's the second through the fifth book of the Bible, you read the story about Israel being set free from slavery in Egypt and being brought to the edge of the promised land, which is today Israel. And along the way, the people of Israel, they suffer all kinds of like negative words, right? They're, they're complaining all kinds of negativity about what God's done or won't do or might do or whatever. And they get to the edge of the promised land. Now, when they get there... Uh, they send in some spies and they send 12 spies in. 10 come back and they say, man, Moses, we cannot take this land. Dude, there's giants and walled cities and we're so few and we'll just get crushed. And, you know, it sounds like some of us in 2020, maybe, right? You know, we got a month and a half left to go in the year to turn our outlook. But some of us have long faces and we're just kind of like, yeah, but 2020, man, it's the election, the economy, the coronavirus is never going to end. You know, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of, you'd be in the camp with the 10 spies. 
spies. But there's two of them, Joshua and Caleb. And they're like, nah, dude, we can take these guys. God's on our side, man. We can do this. And the negative voices, well, they drowned them out and they won the day. And as a result, nobody under the age of 18 or over the age of 18 could get into the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. I'm telling you, we shape our words, but our words also shape us. Now, here's the second truth. My words can destroy what I have. Look at verse number five, all right? But a tiny spark, James says, can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body, and it can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Man, James is really hard hitting there, isn't he? The tongue may be small, but it can do a lot of damage. You know that one of the California wildfires that happened this year, it burned half a million acres. It was started by a guy who was hammering his tent peg into the ground, and a small spark started that lasted all but a second, but that little second was enough to start this huge, massive wildfire. Listen, our words, they're so powerful, and we live in a culture which wants you just to comment on everything without consequence. Comment right now. Don't think it through. Don't consider who it affects. Just get it off your chest, right? You know, do you know the algorithms and how they're set up in your social media? They're set up for to feed and fuel emotion. You know, the more emotion, the more negativity, the more polarized your comments, the more they drive traffic to your post. We live in a world that wants to push up all the destructive talk and tamp down all the words which bring peace and unity and encouragement. But James, he says in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 19, we ought to be quick to listen, right? And slow to speak and slow to get angry. Don't comment. Don't speak. Don't do anything that's emotionally charged. Think about it. Think it through. Check out Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. But be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, I'd love to put that on my fridge or my kitchen right now, right? There's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? So instead of saying everything we think, let's use less words, right? The less we say, the better. There are plenty of things, you know, that we want to say, but not everything needs to be said. And if you've got negative things to say, man, make sure they're being said in the right direction. Not all of them need to be expressed. And if you have negative things to say, man, be man enough or woman enough, right, to go to that person or organization or entity and have a good, cordial, polite conversation with them. If you can't do that, you don't need to say it, you know, or else it risks becoming toxic God and slander, which does nothing but destroy. But it also will say a lot about you too, and a lot about the condition of your heart. That leads me to truth number three, that my words reveal my heart. Look at verses number nine and 10, some sobering words that James says here. He says this, sometimes it, meaning our tongue here, praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing, they come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this isn't right. See, James is describing people who will honor and praise God one minute and then just rip apart somebody else the next. It's easy to forget that God has his fingerprints all over each and every one of us, right? But if you can remember that you might, you know, that you're made in the image of God and so is another person, you might prevent a few things from being said, right? You might choose not to say some things to people you'll want to say them to in the heat of the moment. See, listen, people who are always negative, who gossip, who talk too much, who damage other people, with their words, they reveal the poor spiritual condition their hearts actually are in. And James speaks more to that right here in the next verse. Look at verse number 11. He says, does a spring of water bubble out with fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, man. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. 
Anytime you see springs in Scripture, normally it's, it's, it's a metaphor for the spiritual condition of your heart, okay? You know what the real problem is right here? It's not your tongue. It's not even your words. It's actually your heart. Your heart's the problem. See, what you produce in your life is a result of what's been planted in your heart. So in other words, your words always reveal what's inside right here, what's inside your heart. If you back up the verses number 7 and 8 in chapter 3, you read about all kinds of animals that can be domesticated, right? But James says, man, we can't harness the tongue. We can't will it. We can't bring it under our control. And that's really important because, you know, if it, 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 it's important because it gets under control because it can be a deadly poison. I got stuttered up for a second there. It can become a deadly poison in our lives. So in fact, only God can really reveal, you know, what happens with our words. And he can, He's the only one that can actually control things uh, that are that are tongue is trying to say. So we have to give our words over to God, and we have to allow God to change our hearts. That's one of the important steps we need to take here this morning, is let God change our heart. I'm a logical person. I'm very much bent on reasoning, and that's a big part of my faith journey, okay? But I've had a lot of conversations with people over the years who are very similar in their thinking, and one of the things I hear almost like ad nauseum is that, hey, how do I know what truth is, man? Like, how do I know all this works out? Because basically, like, you run the same circle logically. You just come back to the same conclusion. And they're looking for like an easy answer. And I'll say, you know what? I don't have an easy answer for you. All I can tell you is you have to experience God. See, there's something about experiencing God and allowing Him to change your heart which makes the difference. You can have all the logic and all the knowledge and all the church stuff right. You have all the stories and all the scripture. You can have everything right but not have a changed heart. See, Christianity is not about metrics or knowledge or religion or ritual. It's if any person is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? It's not about what you know or what you have to do. It's who you become because God changed you. You can't become a, just a good little church person, bro. you got to be transformed, all right? Now look at Psalm 1914 for a moment. Uh, the psalmist says, May the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hey, notice that you can't separate your words in your heart, right? They're forever linked together because your words reveal what's in your heart. I try to remember each day to ask God to set the direction in my heart because I want to be shaped by the right things and to speak the right things into people's lives. Now, once you've let God change you, here's another step you can do to speak life into people, okay? Filter what's going into your heart. So let God change you, but then filter what's going into your heart. You can't maintain a healthy spiritual life if you're not, you know, letting a filter keep some things out. This means you've really got to cut loose toxic people, negative people. You've got to cut loose negative words, negative music, negative images, all the things you know which can directly impact you in a very unhealthy, negative manner. They got to go, right? You can't let them in your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, hey, guard your heart above all else. Why? It determines the course of your life. Everything, and I mean everything, flows from your heart. Put a filter over it, okay? And here's the final step. Choose to speak life. Choose to speak life. Be the person who speaks life in a dark and negative and destructive world. Don't feed the polarization. Don't play to a base of people. Don't join in with the rest of the masses and get caught up in the toxic current. Man, stand out in this life. You can do that a couple of different ways, okay? One, you can speak affirmation. Words of affirmation are a way to stand out. People need to hear those. Your spouse, your kids, they need to hear how much you love and care about them. How often do you tell them that? 
You know, the only two times that God the Father directly spoke to God the Son, this is Jesus here, okay? Uh, he did it once at, at the baptism, once at an event called the Transfiguration, where Jesus was briefly transformed into his glorious and eternal state while on this earth. Um, the only two times he spoke, he said this, This is my Son, whom I love, who brings me great joy. You know what God's saying right here, man? He's saying this, that Jesus, you're my son. I love you, man. I'm proud of you. Some of you, you've never heard that. Never heard it from your dad. Never heard it from the parent figures in your life. But I want you to know, man, there's a heavenly father who calls you his own, who loves you, is proud of you. And we need to get back to more of that kind of stuff and less of the trash we find on our socials. Here's a second way you can speak life to somebody, too. You can speak words of praise. Now, we're not talking about, you know, praise that's reserved for God. We're talking about, like, encouragement-type stuff. I love what the message describes Proverbs 25, 11. It says this, The right word at the right time, check this out, it's a custom-made jewelry, you know? And a wise friend's Tommy reprimand, so even a correction. It's like a gold ring right on your finger. The right word at the right time is both beautiful, we might say, and valuable. And guess what? It's just for you. Custom. Ephesians 4.29, don't let abusive or foul language come out of your mouth. Instead, use words that build people up. Proverbs 15.4, gentle words are a tree of life. So you kind of get the idea here, right? There's something powerful and encouraging when we don't just, you know, speak negative things, but we begin to encourage folks. Can you imagine what one word of encouragement would do to change somebody's life here today? And here's the final way to speak life, all right? Use words of faith. Faith is trusting in God, and it's trusting in God's plan and purpose for your life, even though you can't see God at work, even though it hasn't even happened yet. And when we speak faith over people's lives, we're not looking at who they are right now. We're looking into who they will become. Too much is said right now about what we see, and not enough is said about what will become as God works in us and through us. And I want every person that we come across to be spoken life over. I want every person to know that, hey, God can bring you from darkness to light so you can come to know Him and find freedom and discover your purpose and make a difference. I want every person to experience that. But well, the only way your words will be used in a manner like that, to speak life and encourage that kind of thing, is if you allow God to change your heart and surrender over to Him. Some of you watching or listening right now, man, that's that, you, you, you listen to what's going on, you're like, man, I need to do that for the first time. Others of you, man, you're, you're logical, you're, you haven't surrendered over to God yet, you're thinking things too much. You know, hey, let God change your heart. Let Him transform your life. Let the power of God's words be at work inside of you. And may He change you and transform you so you can build people up instead of tearing people down. We don't want to contribute to a world of toxicity right now with our words, right? We want to stand out. And the way to stand out is to allow God to change us so He can control our tongue and our words. And we can be used to encourage and lift up and bring life to people. Here's what I want to do here real quick before we wrap everything up. I want to pray for you right now. Can I do that? If you're out there and you're listening or watching for the first time, you realize, hey, you know what, Pastor? I need to, I need to follow Christ. I need to say yes. I, I, I've been thinking about it. I've listened to this message or maybe past messages, and, and I'm, I need to jump in and do this. I need to give God a shot. Great. I want to pray for you in just a moment. What we're going to do is we're going to ask God to become our Savior and our Lord, all right? He's going to cleanse us of our sin and our wrong. He's our Savior that way. And then we're going to ask Him to be Lord of our life, meaning we give our lives over to Him. 
We're following Him. We're not calling the shots anymore. We're going to let God call the shots. We're going to let God lead us and guide us. Lord and Savior. And then I want to pray for those of you who are Christians who might say, all right, I'm not done a good job here in this area. Uh, I'm a little convicted right now, right? Lord, I want to surrender over to you. I want you to have access to my heart and to my life because I want to be someone who speaks life to people and uses my words and uses you know, uh, my heart to build folks up instead of tearing people down. So Father, I love you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.